0: Welcome to the Fortify podcast series on dealing with the advanced persistent threat. The APT is quickly becoming very adept at penetrating government network defenses. Historically, security policies were heavily focused on hardware and network security assets as opposed to software. And the APT took full advantage of this policy gap by focusing its efforts on the software layer. The Defense Department's taking a leadership position by defining policy that emphasizes the need to protect and defend the software layer. Through new software security assurance provisions in the 2011 National Defense Authorization Act, DOD's treating software as a key component of a comprehensive defense-in-depth strategy. It's now applying the same principles and focus to the software layer that it has been to hardware and network resources, ensuring software is not part of the attack surface. Kelly Collins is president of the public sector for Fortify Software, and Rob Roy is Fortify's chief technology officer of the federal division. Kelly, tell me what's new about the software security assurance provisions in the 2011 National Defense Authorization Act.
1: Well, this is the first time that there was a section on software assurance in the DOD bill, Which um, we viewed as an acknowledgement that there has been a perceived hole in security policy. Mm -hmm. Heretofore, most of the focus has been on hardware and network security and in recent years, with the growth of the very focused advanced persistent threat and the level of hacking that has occurred in the government and particularly in the DOD, that oftentimes those breaches uh, really have resolved into a software penetration or a vulnerability in the software layer that they were able to get into government systems or government applications. And therefore, I believe that the committees focused on this issue were very mindful of wanting to create policy that's focused on the software layer in order to really defend the applications and ultimately the mission assurance of those systems. Mm -hmm. As we believe at Fortify that software assurance is very tightly coupled with mission assurance.
0: Rob, why has the software aspect been de-emphasized until now?
2: I think what we've seen over the course of time for, for about the last 20 to 30 years is that uh, there was the recognition very early on from a policy perspective with things like FISMA, the Federal Information Security Management Act, uh, that had that primary focus. Uh, the original hackers were, were uh, just trying to get into networks and stealing files off of a file system. As our networks have grown up and we've addressed that problem with things like firewalls and intrusion detection and all these gateways and so forth, we've created a very elaborate defense-in-depth strategy. What we've done with the Internet coming along and being so pervasive is that we've had to open up all of those defenses and let legitimate people into our networks to accomplish their mission and their jobs – So we've gotten to a point now where our applications and our software that are actually managing all of these missions and and contain all of the data are now that weak point. We have not focused on it. We focused on just keeping the people out of the networks. So now we're we're at a point where we have to revisit that policy, and that's what this bill uh, has looked at.
0: It sounds like the issue has been, how can we break into the building, into the file cabinet? And now people are realizing that it's the files in the file cabinet that the bad guys are after. People understand the bad guys don't just want to get into the office. They want to steal those files out of that cabinet.
1: Right, and take it out little by little, encrypt it on the channel on the way out so you may not know what was stolen initially until you do some really heavy and deep forensics. What we want people to understand is that there is hope. There are technologies and automated technologies out there that will easily allow you to find the vulnerabilities in millions of lines of code in several hours. The find is very easy today. That has been automated. Companies like Fortify and others do that very, very well. The fix or the remediation is where the policy guidance will come in and be a great help going forward. Because if you find vulnerabilities, and I'm going to use one kind of as the lightning rod, because it's been very popular, it's called SQL injection or SQL injection, how you inject and talk to a database in order to get information out of that database. It's one of the most common hacks. It's usually in the top five of any kind of scan that we do on a software system. They're easy to find and they're easy to fix. So the hope is that the policy guidance will assist, particularly systems integrators who build the majority of the software systems in the federal government, to be mindful of eradicating the top vulnerabilities that are being exploited by the advanced persistent threat and be able to fix those immediately in legacy code, particularly the um, Section 932 of the DOD bill, calls out specifically to make sure that legacy systems that they do the find and fix, but also in new systems that are developed from here on out, are much more mindful of making sure that simple things like SQL injections are not available in the code in order to be exploited.
0: Well, let's talk about solutions in part two of our series. You're hearing Kelly Collins, Fortify's president of the public sector, and Rob Roy, Fortify's chief technology officer of the federal division. You can learn more about Fortify's approach to software security assurance by visiting Fortify.com. The Fortify podcast series is produced by Connolly Works and Federal Business Media. In Part 1 of this series, you heard about software assurance provisions in the 2011 National Defense Authorization Act that will change the way DOD approaches security. In Part 2, you'll learn about solutions that will not only make you compliant with policy, but also assure your software is as secure as, maybe more secure than, your hardware. Rob, the solution you provide is not just telling agencies where their vulnerabilities are. You also perform the more valuable service of telling them what to do about it, right?
2: We would classify that as the whole realm of software security assurance as as pulled out in this DOD bill. And that is the field of recognizing how to build secure software. But first you have to acknowledge where are your problems. We will explore the software, scan it, find problems, and then help give them guidance on not only how to remove those, but how to prevent their creation in the first place. And that comes full cycle in software security assurance by training, educating developers, uh, giving them tools and technologies, and, and implementing policy within an organization to understand what software security is all about to move this ball forward as, as we go forward with software assurance.
0: Kelly, when should Fortify be involved in this process?
1: There's a significant amount of cost savings or cost avoidance to utilize these technologies early in the development cycle with, you know, on the developer's desktop. It's also, we would point out at this time, because of the acknowledgement in the Section 932. That there is going to be an incredible amount of services opportunity for federal systems integrators to remediate this code. Some of the programs may be years old, there is new prime and sub relationships, they may not have been the original developer of that software, yet it is now incumbent upon them to find and fix, remediate those vulnerabilities out of the code in order to go forward with real strong mission assurance. But the government and the Department of Defense is gonna be very reliant upon the systems integration community to do and perform that remediation for them.
0: Rob, what should I know and what should I do next? The
2: guidance has been there, but it's been suggested guidance, and now there's teeth to it. And we have been preparing for this day for many, many years by providing the frameworks by which folks within the DoD community can get started immediately, implementing the policy, receiving the technologies, training the people that are developing these, and working with the systems integrators to help them create these processes by which they can deliver more secure code to their government clients.
0: Kelly, your final thoughts?
1: I want the technical community and the congressional community to have hope that these automated technologies that will allow them to find the vulnerabilities in their system, knowing that many of them are easy to fix, not all, there's going to be time and attendance and funding that needs to occur in the systems integration community to do this, but the point is we should be much more empowered with our thought process of knowing that we can make it a lot harder for the advanced persistent threat that is preying upon our defense systems stealing data and intellectual property, and make it much more difficult for them to do so. We could beef up our defensive posture vis-a-vis the software layer very easily in the next few years, and I think that that would have a very positive impact on the way that we are being preyed upon electronically.
0: Thank you both very much. You're listening to the Fortify podcast series. You're hearing Kelly Collins, Fortify's president of public sector, and Rob Roy, Fortify's chief technology officer of the federal division. You can learn more about Fortify's approach to software security assurance by visiting fortify.com. The Fortify podcast series is produced by Connolly Works and Federal Business Media.